said to people, get them a hot dog or something in their belly. You know how you know how us us folks is in between service. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you doing back there, Bishop? You supposed to be up here with me. What you doing?
Jesus Christ. I am Pastor Sutherland, Bishop Sutherland's wife, of notorious empowerment. To his wife, by God's grace and mercy, we're able to do all the things that she mentioned. It has nothing to do with us. We're just a vessel on assignment, and we will hit our mark. Amen? Amen. Well, my job is to introduce my husband. My husband, the man of God. Yes, yes, yes. There's so much that I can say about him. He is a PK. Pastor Joy F. Sutherland from First, First Baptist of Cummingsville. He's a pastor there for over 40 years, 45 years or so, I believe. That went on to be with the Lord a few years ago. We thank him for it because from that, we will see this seed. He's on fire for God. There's nothing that he won't do for God. He has been around the world and still stay humble because we're on assignment. He is the Bishop of the State of Ohio for Global United Fellowship. He is the Ohio State Bishop under Bishop Neil Ellis out of the Bahamas. walked in that assignment as she did someone reached out and said you and he said send me I'll go that's the type of bishop we have that's the type of bishop that we have he comes from a multiple of backgrounds different certificates I can go on and on and on forever about all of the education that he has but at the end of the day I'm going to tell you one thing he will and have always stayed on the word of God and he knows it inside and out he will bring what he needs to bring today. He has something in, in someone in this room today. And I promise you, you will not regret that you have been here today. You will be there. Amen. Without further ado, my husband, Bishop K. L. Southern. Do 
Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Let me say it again. He breathed on them. And said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. I want to use as a subject, he flipped it. You may be seated. He flipped it. He flipped it. I'm a lover of movies. I like the movie Get On Up by with Chasnick Bowman, Plain James Brown. I'm a prodigy of the 70s, and there is something about James Brown that strikes a chord deep in my soul. For those of you that are extra holy in here, let me just go ahead and tell you. In order for redemption to be holistic and complete, you need a blend between your Saturday nights and your Sunday morning. And if it's okay, let me let me borrow some Saturday nights so we can praise him this Sunday evening. By the time we get to the end, I like James Brown because by the time we get to the end, after going through some crisis, some chaos, some some dangers, some damaged emotions, some hurt people, mean people, drug addiction, when everything else has forsaken him, James looks straight into the camera and says, sometimes you just got to flip it. Ladies and gentlemen, I begin here because when you began reading the scriptures, here's what you'll discover about God. He has been flipping it for a long time. Can I get a living witness? Our God has a way of turning simple things around. Greg Bill argued in this fashion. He calls it the law of redemption. Rehearsal, uh, reversal. God is in the midst of any situation and scenario. He flips the script on everything that there is. Child of God, no matter who you ask, God has a way of getting in your situation. God has a way of getting in your circumstance and bringing daylight uh, from midnight and turning your midnight into day. Can I get a living witness here? My God has always told me whenever you put God into a situation, what you thought was the end is only only the beginning. God can flip it. Ladies and gentlemen, I argue this because when we open up the pages of Holy Writ to the gospel according to St. John, there is something about this gospel that shouts me every time. I read it because it's impossible to pursue the parameters of this pericope in the book uh, without concluding that Jesus is God. Talk back with me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from the beginning, uh, words and harke whole logos in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Let us let us know that the word tabernacled amongst us and we behold the glory of the only begotten son of the father full of grace and truth. In chapter number one, he is the word made flesh. Chapter number two, he turns water in, in Cana. Uh, in chapter number three, he has uh, a chat with Nicodemus and tell him religion is good, but you must be born again. In chapter number four, he makes a woman at, at the well over in Samaria. He, he had 
Why she had five husbands and the man that she was with ain't even hers, but hold on, don't judge her. At least she got married five times. And at the top of that, the one that she was with now ain't even hers, but the seventh man. Y'all ain't talking back with me. I need to talk about the seventh man. The seventh man proved to be the right one. Can I get a little witness here? She leaves, she leaves him, goes into town and says, come see a man who told me everything about myself. He has to be the Messiah. In chapter number five, he heals a lame man. In chapter number six, he feeds a multitude. In chapter number seven, he's the first quencher. In chapter number eight, he catches a sister who has been torn in adultery. And isn't it, uh, it isn't adultery a sin? And it takes, can I just say that it takes two to tangle. But they leave the brother and blame the sister. My daddy used to argue this, that the, the reason they did this, they didn't bring him is because he was one of their friends. Nevertheless, no matter how you slice it or chop it, it takes two to tangle. Y'all ain't feeling me this, this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, by the time we get through, Jesus says, woman, where are thine accusers? He says, if they don't have any right to throw a stone, neither do I. In chapter number one, number nine, a blind man is healed, and here's what uh, his testimony looks like. I was blind. Is there anybody in here that can say that this evening? I was blind, but now I see. Can I just pause here, uh, Bishop, uh, parenthetically for a parenthetical footnote, and just ask you, is there anybody in this room with a similar testimony? Testimony. I was blind, but now I see. Uh, matter of fact, look at two or three people and say, I once was blind, but now I see. In chapter and chapter number 10, he's the good shepherd. I love it because he makes the statement that a good shepherd would lay down his life for a sheep. In chapter number 11, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible lets us know he has resurrection power attached to his vocal cords. He goes to the grave of Lazarus and says, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that the dead man heard the voice of his God and got up. I need to just pause here because some of y'all got to get up. Uh, some of y'all looking at me like I'm Charlie Brown, teacher. A walk, 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 walk. Uh, but somebody in here got to get up this evening and give God some praise because you know that God can flip it. And chapter number 12, guess who's coming to dinner? Lazarus, y'all. Y'all got to shout on this because a dead man can't eat. In chapter number 13, we are clear that he is the servant saver. He washes their feet. In chapter number 14, he begins us the benediction. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, y'all should have already been quoting with me right now. Don't make me... Don't make me have to work this hard this evening. And chapter number 15, he says, I am the true wine, wine, and my father is the husbandman. And if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what will, and I will be given unto you. In chapter number 16, he tells us the Holy Ghost is the teacher. In chapter number 17, he prays. Chapter number 18, he's arrested. Chapter number 19, he's crucified, but hold your hope on. And chapter number 20, he's alive. Let me talk to y'all right now, because I know that my God is alive. 
I'm going to just throw this out real quick. I know that we live in a day where the gospel doesn't make have a grip on many of us anymore. But I'm so glad in chapter 19, he died. And in chapter 20, he got up again. Do I got a little witness here? Can I just ask, is there anybody in here holy enough to just shout on the fact that the cross is vacant, the tomb is empty, the Bible is true, and your God is alive? Let me pause and rewind it again. The cross is vacant, the tomb is empty, and my God is alive. Go ahead, Apostle. Can I just ask real quick, is there anybody in here that knows that he's alive beside me? If you know that he's alive, just, just you want to just throw your head back right now and just thank God that he flipped it. Uh, even on the grave, he flipped it. Even on the cross, he flipped it. My God is alive. Come here. Come here, ladies and gentlemen. By the time we get to chapter 20, he's alive and has all power in the hollows of his hand. Child of God, his disciples are behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. Check this out. Jesus just shows up in the midst of their situation. He makes an announcement, peace be unto you. Then he says to his disciples, as the Father has sent me, so I sent you. Then he shows them his hands and his side. They on the slow bus. See, some of people, uh, even in church right now, is on the slow bus. Y'all ain't talking about. They don't get it at all. They still don't grasp it. So Jesus says, just like I had a cross to carry, there's one waiting on you. He breathes on them the Holy Ghost. The good news of the whole story is this. Uh, they're, they're hiding because they what they saw in their future was a conclusion. But what Jesus saw was a coordination. Uh, what they thought was the end was really the beginning. Can I tell you why I'm preaching this? Because I believe, ladies and gentlemen, we serve a God who knows how to flip it. We know we serve a God who knows how to flip every situation. We serve a God who knows how to flip every circumstance. There, there are two people, uh, two groups of people in here. There's one group you have never seen God flip anything. You've never seen him take sickness and give healing. You've never seen him take poverty and make plenty. You've never seen him take nothing and make something. You've never seen him take a closed door and make an open path. You've never seen him shrink tumors. You've never seen him make your enemies cut you loose. You've never seen him make enemies cut you a check. Ah, uh, you, you've never seen God do much, but there's a whole other group of y'all up in here watching me preach this time who can testify. I've seen God flip it. And thank God is flipping it for me right now. More than I can say thank you. God is flipping. Is there anybody up besides me that knows God can't flip it? Hold on. I don't want you to clap because your neighbor is clapping. But if he has flipped it for you at least one time, I want you to look back at somebody and tell them he's done it for me. And I know if he's done it for me, surely he can do it for you. But I've seen God step into situations. I've seen God step into circumstances and turn everything all the way around. Can I tell you why? Are we talking to the second group in here? Because they're sitting right next to you this evening right now and they don't know that God can do it. They don't know how God can flip it. They don't know that God's got the answer. They don't 
neighbor and say, yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. I need you to look at somebody who is still seated and just tell them what he has done for me. He has the authority, the ability, the audacity, and the sovereignty to do the same thing for you. Is there anybody here who knows that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think? Can I tell you why? I'm talking this, this evening at Miracle Deliverance. Sometimes we ought to just throw, uh, throw up our hands. But can I suggest to you that God is about to flip everything for you? Listen to me. God has sent you a praying apostle. And a praying first lady. And God has his hand on this church family. And can I suggest to you, you have not seen your best days yet. Who am I preaching to this evening? Can I tell you right now, Apostle, the church have not seen their best days yet. I need some people in here who knows that God can. I need 10 of y'all who knows that God will. I need another 15 of y'all who can say he turned it just for me. To leap to your feet right quick while I'm in my introduction. Look at two people and tell them he, God is into flipping scripts. He's into changing life. He's into alerting circumstances. He's into fixing stuff that nobody can repair. He's into healing stuff that baffles physicians and messes on colleges up. He's still the one that I can say he can do it. And nobody else can do it like him. If you rode the church with them and their hands are clean, if they got it, you got it. I just need to tell you that. I know we're still in this post-COVID um, situation, but I need you to just high-five them if they got hand sanitizer and tell them God is about to flip it for you. I don't, I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for. Would you just shout if I told you he's about to flip the thing that you've been struggling with? Let me say it again. God is about to flip the thing that you've been struggling with. What you saw last year ain't going to happen this year. God is turning some stuff around for you. Let me, let me pause again and give you uh, this prophetic moment. The, the things that happened to you last year, the financial difficulties, uh, the stress and the anxiety, it's not going to happen to you this year because God is about to turn it around for you. Now, how do you know when God is about to flip it? Number one, He shows up in your situation. The thing I love about James Brown is that he always wants people to get up. But I didn't come here to declare James, but I come here to declare Jesus. And I'm not trying to get you up, I just want him to show up. 
The difference for us is that our God has this magnificent uh, crystal-centric habit of just showing up. Do I got a living witness here? He shows up on the scene when everything else looks like it's about to cut loose. He shows up on the scene when everything else looks like it's about to fail. Ladies and gentlemen, watch the text. The disciples are behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. And notice the first thing Jesus does. He just shows up. Wasn't nobody praying for him to show up. Didn't nobody ask him to show up. He didn't knock when he showed up. He didn't use a key when he showed up. He didn't return a knock when he showed up. Have you ever had Jesus just show up in your situation? Hold on, y'all. Don't fool me right now because I feel the Lord on me right now. Have you just ever had God just show up in the middle of your situation, in the middle of your circumstances? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not I'm not for sure what kind of power post-resurrection he had, but here's what I do know. He started off on one side of the door and ended up on the other side of the door without turning the knob. I'm so thankful that even when my door is locked, God still has access. I'm so thankful that when my circumstances are so bleak, I serve a God who is not hindered or hampered by external conditions. I need ten of y'all in here who can say, Bishop, I have watched him show up for me. Uh, don't fool me right now, ladies and gentlemen. Not only does he show up, but watch this. He speaks up and he gets rid of fear. Watch what he does. He says, here's what I want all of you to do. I want you to get rid of fear, but I want to make sure you are saluted properly. So the first word he says are these words, peace be unto you. See, how I see how y'all looking right now. That's, that's how it was when I read it. But, but when I studied it, I shouted. <laughs> Let, 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 let me tell you why. Because I always thought peace be unto you was just a way of saying, hey, how are you doing? But but there's very much more in it. In fact, this is a Aramaic uh, ideology which carries a bit of theology with it. And it was really for them to hear him say that 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 over that's over, but this is starting. Uh, it was one of the way of saying the door is closed. But another one is open. It is another way of saying, I didn't close your book, I turned your page. Who am I talking to? I need about 25 of y'all to shout right here. God said, it ain't over yet. I'm just getting started. Uh, look at somebody who ain't clapped yet and say, it ain't over yet. I'm just getting started. Who is this for? Can I just be nosy? God says, when I showed up in your circumstance, it is heaven's way of letting you know the best is still yet to come. It's not over. I'm just getting started. It's not a conclusion. It is a commencement. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm thankful. As I stand here before you to let you know that when God steps into your situation, 
It's his way of telling you the best is still yet to come. Can I ask you, is there anybody anticipating anything from God? That you know it takes God to produce. You ought to just thank him for what he's already ordained in your in this very present hour. Because if he stepped into it, he's about to carry you through. Can I get a living witness? I got to caution you. It does not come without pain. Can I get a living witness? It does not come without discomfort. I'm so sick of people who want the blessing but don't want to carry the burden. Come here, child of God. I get so sick and tired of the new age church who think you can just ball it and haul it, grab it and have it, uh, pull it and pull it, y'all ain't talking about, and don't have to cry, don't have to be torn, don't have to tear up tears and be messed up. Let me argue my point. If you've been blessed above and beyond measure, wave your hand at me. Like you're riding a Cadillac right now in a parade. And if you've been through something, some hell or some, some crazy situations, uh, wave your hand like you got your own movie script right now. You see, the same people is because we have a God of theonautical proportions. Not theonautical, but theo. Not theological, but theonautical. Here's what I'm arguing. With every type of suffering, it's not because you've done something wrong. It's because something you have done, because some of you have done something right. What kind of God will let his own child suffer? What kind of God lets us go through heartaches and pain? What kind of God will let us suffer? Watch this. Here's the, here's the secret. God knows your bruises makes you better. Can I get a living witness here? God knows that your tears and your tears makes your joy sweeter. God knows that your scars pay a price. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say to you, I thank God for my journey because my pains has led to my purpose. My scar has given me a better hallelujah. Can I ask you, who am I talking to? I want to talk to some people who have buried some folk, uh, some loved ones that you never thought would ever leave you. I want to talk to some people who say, I've almost lost my mind, but God didn't give up on me. He propped me up on both sides and told me to run on. I want to talk to some people who don't look like what they will look like on the other side, the hurt that they had to deal with on the sin side. I want to talk to teen saints who are going through some hell all year long. The teen years has just got started. Lift up your hands in here and say, thank God he showed up in my situation. Can I suggest, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. C. Matthew Husson was had this correct, he called this the anonical continuance. God shows up for the purpose of letting you know he has more in store for you. He literally says, while others are anticipating your stopping, God says, I'm just getting started. Who is this for? See, some people in here uh, think that 
Uh, the enemy is always trying to stop you in some situation. But God says, I'm just getting things started for you. Watch this. He shows up just to make sure that those who think they can, uh, God uh, can, God gives the credit and joy for making things better. God takes the joy. He shrinks and smiles and shivers when things look like they can't get turned around. Let me just prove out my, prove this point out biblically. Mark chapter 5 is the chapter of hopeless cases. Hopeless case number one, there was a man in the tomb. He is crazy and as he can be. He is naked and losing his mind. He's a lunatic and Jesus come through some storm just for one man. I think child of God is interesting because before the cross, Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, made his way through a storm just to get to one man after he crossed uh, the sea. Men go through some storms to get to Jesus. It doesn't matter how you do it as long as you get to him. That's why I'm trying to argue right now. When he gets to this dude, he says, what's your name? He says, my name is Legion. In other words, my name is number 105122620192019. Can I pause here? Uh, you, you know it's messed up when your name is a number. Can I get a living witness here? And Jesus says to him, I tell you what, let me work on you. He's cast the demons out of the man and cast them into a pig and leaves his clothes um, in the right mind. He wants to go through uh, with the Lord, but the Lord says, no, don't come with me. Go back home and to your people. And then he rode, he rode out. Uh, he got in some weed. He puffed up past y'all. They talking back with me. See, y'all wouldn't listen to me. That's why I had to throw that in. God goes back to those people who taught you how to mix some drinks. Go hang out with those people who taught you how to sip some crown cavassier and some corona. Y'all, they got they talking back with me. Uh, you got to go back to the people uh, that had had you down so long they getting up with on your mind. I got to go right now, but can I suggest that God will flip it for you? Is there anybody in here that knows that my God can? Is there anybody in here that knows that my God could? Is there anybody that knows that he is Jehovah Jireh? Is there anybody in here that knows that he's a mind regulator? He's a tumor shrinker? He's the one that can move all mountains? He's been Mary's baby boy. He's Adam's redeemer. He knows all God is talking back with me. Is there anybody in here that knows who my God is? That if, if God can do it, nobody else can. I just want to talk to somebody in here to look at your neighbor and say God can flip it. I know that God can flip it. I know that God can make a way. I know that God will. Can I tell you who my God is? He's A, he's Alpha. He's B, he's Holy. He's C, he's Christ. He's D, he's devoted. He's E, he's everlasting. He's F, he's faithful. He's G, he's God. He's H, he's holy. He's J, he's Jesus. He's K, he's King. He's L, he's Lord. He's M, he's majesty. He's N, he's Nazareth. He's O, he's omnipotent. He's P, he's powerful. He's Q, he's quickened. He's R, he's revelation. He's S, he's savior. He's T, he's timeless. He's U, he's universal. He's B, he's victory. He's W, he's He's why he's Yeshua. He see my zeal. Y'all don't know who he is. Can I tell you his name? His name is Jesus. Are y'all ain't talking back with me? Can I just close this thing and say, won't God flip it? To, won't God do it for you? Won't God make a way for?
There's an army rising. 
Heavenly Father, Lord God, decrease me that you may increase. Holy Spirit, you speak because it's been flipped. It's been flipped, so Lord, you speak through your vessel. Let the people hear. Let their ears, hallelujah, be, hallelujah. Let them be able to hear. Let their eyes be enlightened. Enlightened. Let their minds be illuminated with your word. In Jesus' name. He said it's been flipped. But I come here on today. And I agree with the bishop. It has been flipped. So, guess what? I come to confirm the word that it's been flipped. So, see you, Madison, at the top. Why? Because it's been flipped. Amen. Oh, you still sit down on God? I said, I see you mounted at the top because it's been flipped. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but anytime God flips a situation that you don't even know where you're going and you don't know what to do, but when you know that, all you can do is wait upon the Lord and know that when you're waiting on the Lord, He is going to what? Renew your strength. Hallelujah. But I'm going to put another app on it. He said, Go 
glory to God. If your faith is not mounted up, you are going to be, hallelujah, bewitched like a lot of them are. But I know for sure we're going to wait upon the Lord. Because when we wait upon the Lord, he shall renew our strength. Amen. And not only shall he renew our strength, but let me put a little F on it. It says that we should also have power. Amen. How Bishop talked about God saying peace unto us. But also he gave us the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Which has power. Amen. Without power, you can't mount up your wings like eagle. Without power, you can't pray without ceasing. Without power, you can't get through your necks. Amen. You need power. You need renewed strength. Amen. Because when you, your strength is renewed. Okay. This is for us adults. But let me take it to another notch. Our young people. It says, even youth grow weary and tired. Come on now. And virtuous and young men stumble badly. Hallelujah. The Bible's already saying that there's going to be some stumbling. The Bible's already saying that they're going to grow weary and tired. The Bible is already saying that they're going to suffer so badly that they're going to give up. See, not almost give up, but most have already apostled given up. But you got to continue to press through. See, they say, I almost lost my mind. But Bishop and Apostle, can I please tell you, I lost my mind. But God gave me a renewed mind. God gave me a mind saying, on him. See, you ain't never lost your mind. You won't be able to understand what I'm talking about. But when God has renewed your mind, and he has given you his perfect will, and a good thing, you can, all you can do is praise him. All you can do is just give him glory. See, my story ain't like your story. I didn't go down straight street. I came off race street. Come on now. See, one thing about God, he will take you from wherever you are and put you in a place where he wants you to be. But you got to be able to wait on God. It ain't easy waiting on God when you have been called. And I remember when I first walked in the office as an apostle, by God's grace, as did the gift of the spirit that God had given. And the apostle may not even remember this, but years ago, you said to me, you said, those are some big shoes. Do you remember saying it to me? It could have been almost eight years ago, nine years ago, do you remember? And what he already didn't know is that there was already too big. But it was only the Holy Spirit that allowed me not to stumble. But guess what? In some areas, I stumbled, glory to God. But God picked me up, and he turned me around, and he placed my foot on the side of the ground. So you can't take this lightly. You have to wait upon the Lord God. You have to get into a place of prayer, a place of intercession. You can't just say, I'm going to start a ministry and just get out there and just think you're just going to start a ministry. Because somebody going to say that you was an apostle. Somebody don't say that you a prophet and that you a bishop. You better be careful because the devil not your shoes. The devil will ship you like wheat. You can't let people put you where you don't belong. It's not that you're not called there, but God will first speak to you, and then He will send those to confirm what He already said. Now some may not receive it 
touch me. I didn't have nobody say, come on, let's go. Come on and mount up your wings like eagle. I didn't have nobody praying for me. I wasn't the one that was in church. I wasn't the one that grew up in church. All I can remember was the orange doors in Fair Apartment. At eight years old, they couldn't wait for the bus to come and pick me and go to that church. Not knowing that God already had a plan for me. Because if you look at my picture when I was three years old, I was holding my dog baby with my eyes closed. And I know I was praying over it. And look at me today. I'm a woman of intercession. I'm a woman of prayer. I don't care about all those accolades and I don't care about power or prestige. All I care about is doing the will of God. Cancer, no breast cancer, 
She don't think you a hypocrite. I said, devil, you a liar. I said, because I know that my God wants me healed and delivered and set free. Because the Holy Spirit sits down in me. And every time I put this smoke in me, I am disturbing the Holy Spirit. And I need the Holy Ghost. I need his power. I need his authority to step on every serpent. To crush the hand of the devil. I can't afford to let the Holy Spirit leave me. Because it allows me to speak. Lord. 
He did not let a prophet even speak to me, say, Stop smoking. He covered me. He said, When I deliver you, you're going to tell the world. You're going to testify. And the next day, I went to my space and I tried to smoke it. A person. And guess what? I couldn't smoke it. And then my phone rang. It was the prophet. He said, what you doing? The Lord showed me that you were smoking. Glory to God. I said, you know what? I was. But God has delivered me. Come on, let's keep praying. Let's keep on praying. Because we got to keep praying without ceasing. God will do it for you. When you wait upon the Lord God, he will renew your strength. We have just come out of COVID-19. The church has been turned upside down. I'm not talking about the building apostle. We are the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not afraid of COVID-19. But we go to our jobs. We go partying. We go to weddings. But when we come to the house of God and the things of God, we don't want God. Only when we need God. But God is not like that. You got to want God 24-7, 365 days in a year. Glory to God. What, why have we forsaken God? Why? Why have we forsaken Him? We don't even want to wait upon the Lord. See, when we're waiting upon the Lord, He's about to mount us up. I know I had notes, but I got to let the Holy Ghost speak. Glory to God. He wants to mount us up. When you are mounted up, you, anything that's mounted is put up. Something that's mounted has risen. Hallelujah. It's like a mountain. When I look at the word mountain, I, it reminds me of a mountain, a high peak. Because mountains are high and they have peaks. Hallelujah. Mount Zion, Mount Sinai. Glory to God. Those are the mountains. Hallelujah. That came into my mind. And so when the Lord is mounting on us up, we're able to be renewed in our strength. A lot of us is weary because we're not in the word of God. We run it from prophet to prophet. We run it from this man to this woman. God said, run to me. Because when you run to me, I am your refuge. I am your fortress. I am your safe place. But we keep running to people instead of God. You got to be delivered from a you got to stay in God. You got to wait on God. You, you know, it's something called a time test. God will put you on the shelf and leave you there. But you will never expire. It's like a canned good in Walmart. It's still on the shelf. But the aspiration that has not expired. Some customer have walked past it day and night. But one day, one day, one day, one day, I say one day, one day, somebody went back. Oh, 
what you're asking for? Are you ready to really get into a place? You got to have patience and love. People ain't easy to love. One thing I've learned is people will be with you today and leave you tomorrow. And you still got to pray for them. And you still got to love them. And you still got to help them. And you say, oh, Lord, why me? Because I loved you when you just left me. But God said, forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus said, Jesus said, forgive them and and they kill him. People need love. Like Bishop, he said, we feed the community. Jesus' ministry was a feeding ministry. He was outside the building. He just went in the synagogue just to bring truth because the Sadducees and Pharisees always tried to bring lies. He was out in the byways and highways. He don't want people that's all together. He want people messed up. Don't you know the best ministries is the rehab ministries and the Philip ministries? Them the ones gonna have your back. The same ones that we call homeless. Please let me help you with a new word. It's not homeless, they're just underserved. Yes, yes. Because we can be homeless and still be in God and lost because this is our home, our tent, our house. So we can be homeless without God. 